0: Welcome to On the Table, a podcast about board games, card games, and tabletop war games. Welcome back to On the Table, episode 20. And today, uh, myself, Chase, and Josh, we're going to be talking about uh, the FAQ and the updated rulebook for the Song of Ice and Fire Miniatures game. Hi, everybody. How's it going? (laughs) We're excited. Have you got a chance to read over this? I'll tell you what Chase. I've been reading it, and there's there's
1: still some questions I have that I wish we had some sort of... Expert advice, besides obviously, besides you, you know, you're our, our primary expert. <laughs> that might be taking it a bit far. <laughs> um,
0: but like you know, like I get, I get what you. Mean sometimes I wish higher power on this, uh, and like a higher authority. Yes, but, exactly. but actually, you know, I have this, um, this dusty book here, this, this, uh, this old uh, tome that I've, I've got here. <laughs> Blow off some of the dust here. There is a, there's like an incantation or something. Oh. Uh, so yeah, there's like a an incantation here. So uh, it looks like you ha- do you have, you wouldn't happen to have like a mirror there, do you? I do. Okay, I-, I can use like, put my phone on and like look into the photo app and so I can see I my picture, of, kind of like a mirror. Yeah. And then we, uh, <laughs> it says, so you can repeat these lines three times. It's, and it might be some sort of like old Valerian or something. It says, Michael Chenal. So just Michael Chenal. Michael Michael Chanal. Chanal. Michael <laughs> I don't know, did it, did it work?
1: What fools have dared to sum
2: up? Oh, and see you guys.
0: <laughs> hey, hey, Michael. Michael. <laughs> we we uh we just we we're calling you up. We we had some questions here. Uh, we sorry to interrupt your uh, your slumber here or your uh, uh but we, we we summoned you to ask you a few questions. Mind the salt circle. It's uh you know just precautions.
2: <laughs> no, it's fun. I I am not to be trusted.
0: Uh, <laughs> So we thought uh, we'd just, we just ask you a few questions here about the the recently released FAQ and rules update for Song of Ice and Fire. We're up to version 1.2. And uh, before we get into the details, maybe you could talk to us a little bit about you know, what's the process for making errata and, and coming up with a, an FAQ like this? Sure. I enjoy all your guys' questions.
2: Just remember, they all come at a price. But let's just get into this, shall we? All right. Um, so specifically with Song, the errata and FAQ process is... The major rulebook erratas are going to be rare and as needed. General faction FAQs. Looking to aim to drop those about a month after a faction starter box comes out, because that's going to be about the amount of time that it takes to gather up actual FAQ questions and see, in general, what people are asking consistently and what's causing issues with people. You know, basically about that month time frame, as you see. With the uh, Night's Watch, it was... A little longer than that but that's because that happened in the middle of our uh december break in the company and everything um but so you know the, the uh free folk dropped in january you'll see their faq probably coming out toward the end of the month once you know again we see what the actual frequently asked questions
0: for that faction and everything are makes sense um and i'll I'll, I'll throw some questions at you for that uh, maybe we'll save it for the end but i love the free folk uh why am i bad would be one of them uh, so if you can help me with that one, maybe at the end of the show we can devote some time. Uh, we'll go from there. I'm
2: not really sure you understand the general idea of FAQ questions. <laughs> <Yeah. but laughs> I can, can you errata can can probably...
1: Chase's ability to play? Yeah, just for me,
0: like a special, a special <laughs> clarification. <laughs>
1: yeah. I,
2: I actually just liked one question that I received was my raiders are having issues against expensive units like your three point raiders are having issues right. instant <laughs> killing guys who are twice their point right. cost oh huh. man
0: I'm, I'm i'm so excited to get some more games in the free folk and uh right. it's just cool because it's a whole new faction to learn how to play i think people are forgetting that you know this is exactly how it was in the early days when um the starter box came out Too people were like how does this work or like is lannister supremacy invincible or you know <laughs> it's not fair cavalry can move twice like game broken Right, you know, so. it, it's one of those
2: things that I look at the uh, the overarching picture and I just go, um, you know, I like the Free Folk starter box. And it, the thing is, is that it requires a different mentality for playing games than any other faction that's come out so far. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, definitely. But I still look at that. And I, again, this is just me having access behind the curtain. I sit there and go, yeah, that starter box is nice because it's a starter box, starter right. box, and contains a lot of their cheapest worst units that they have access to which i say worst in the most loving way because raiders and trappers are very useful and very yeah. essential to the army still three point and four point units respectively right 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 so you know but they're really gonna get
0: they can surprise oh, yeah. people i love that
2: you <laughs> yeah. are correct but at the end of the day they're still three and four points so if right you're taking them up against you know oh they didn't instantly
0: kill this eight point unit like uh yeah. Sorry, bro. My my one unit of raider uh, raiders are not killing my flayed men's, uh, My multiple units of enemies flayed men's. Like, how do I how do I do that? How how do how That's do the first that would
2: be the first question in the uh, the general FAQ. Please, uh...
0: please. Yeah. <laughs> uh All right. Well, let's let's talk about some of the general errata now. If you haven't seen this, uh, it is on the CMON website, and we are on version one point two. And right when you get to the document, uh, they they really do a great job of. Um, organizing it so the blue is really just things that are um like kind of clarifications and the actual errata is marked in red with giant letters that says errata so you know reading helpful. um well, it, it's minor, helpful.
2: minor correction there the blue oh. text is actually ones that have been added since the last version oh, so i think that's gotcha. blue is new to 1.2 versus
0: 1.1 1. 1. oh oh crap we got more questions then <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so some of the big ones there, uh, right off the bat, there was one on page 16. It was about retreating. Uh, and that, that kind of just makes makes, uh, makes a lot of sense. Is that something that there was like a lot of feedback or people were implying or interpreting wrong? It's units may retreat forward if engaged from the flank slash rear. No, that was actually
2: a situation of that's the way it should have been. Yeah, It's just the way the rulebook, uh, by strict wording of it, you couldn't actually retreat forward if you were only engaged from the rear or the side, which you should be able to retreat just the text in the rulebook didn't say that and gotcha. here's the a thing i am a i'm a big stickler for you know rules as written things like mm-hmm. if you yeah. have a question what does it say like leave very little up for interpretation i think that should be the goal of any rule book so this was a case of yeah you can read into the intent that sure this makes sense if i can do it this way but that is a super dangerous slippery slope because everyone's intent can always be you know oh i read it like this well i read the same thing like this so therefore you know things need to be spelled out very specifically so you can always read something rules as written and this was a situation where okay common sense is going to tell you like oh yeah i can i can do this but that doesn't say that and that's a problem that's an actual like you need to errata that that's a problem so that was actually just again one of those things that was left out by accident or wording accident however you want to view that
0: so the general rule, I think, is always you know rules as written, raw, right? Uh, and then if you're thinking of rules as uh, intended, remember that Michael intends harm upon all his foes, and so interpret <laughs> things in the, in the worst possible way. You're you're doomed. <laughs>
1: so uh, the next one here on uh, page 18. So the Errata was the charge text and steps updated. So the uh, all steps of a charge are treated as a single move. After pivot, the charging unit must at least potentially be able to contact their target, and then resolve melee attack change to make melee attack. So can you walk us through sort of the change there? Was it the um, uh, you know being able to connect with the, the target?
2: So the first one about uh, all moves considered a single move, that's just a clarification there as it said. So yeah. under the, the pivot, as the rules were written, you could actually pivot um, out of an angle so you wouldn't hit your target. And some people were like using this to try to get to like objectives and it was a... I, it was a really uh, weird. Well, here's the thing. That was a really weird corner case that yeah. known about and didn't actually have a problem with, because it's it's nine out of ten times just a bad strategy. Right. Sure. And I I didn't actually have any like plans to change this, but this is one of those kind of quality of life changes where by cha- making this change so you at least have to make contact, it's going to prevent people from making a lot of just bad plays. Right. So, and it, you know, it, there's this there's that camp where people view this as like an exploit and it's like, I guess you could view it as an exploit. But the thing is, it's a bad one. Like it's, it's not a good move to do just because like one out of every 50 games or something, it might help you like, Oh, because that's what's going to happen is that someone's going to use it against someone and it's going to, the stars are in line and it's going to cause them to win a game. And then someone's going to go, well, this is broken because I can do this. Forgetting right. the other forty nine out of fifty times where the person tried it and it just worked out terribly for them. But this is one of those quality of life things where it's like, okay, this thematically it makes sense. You should be trying to charge your target. And two, it's creating a, it's removing a situation where someone can make a bad play. Where usually I'm a fan of just let them let them make bad plays. But in this one it's just a quality of life thing. Right. And then resolve melee attack change to make melee attack was um this this was a little bit of a <laughs> sure this was a micro kind of change here where people were they were viewing this as you should skip certain steps of resolving a melee attack or or using a melee attack because it says resolve melee attack versus make melee attack so people oh. were saying oh i don't have to follow the rules for making a melee attack because it says resolve not make and it's just yeah, one okay. of those like really yeah okay So that's fine. We'll, we'll change this one wording, which completely (laughs) quashes that entirely. So,
1: so so this charging one where the unit has to be connected, this is people like, you know, maybe they were trying to pivot and like, look at a unit, like way further away that they could ever hope to reach, but then using that to like extend their movement.
2: No, 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 no. no. Uh, So in this situation, you, you still have to, when you declare the charge, it's still to be valid. What they were doing in this situation, say you had a unit that was standing next to an objective for some reason, Mm -hmm. they would declare a charge against that unit pivot their unit so when they move forward, they would land on top of the objective but not contact the enemy unit. Right, and oh, arguably yeah, that still completed weird, yeah. a
0: charge, it just wasn't, yeah. All
2: right. Okay. right. And so again, it's this very specific scenario that would come up where you need to gain distance, but for some reason can't just march to do it or maneuver to do it. The only way you could get there is with a charge. Right. Which also has a bunch of other variables on it because they're banking, like, I've got to roll exactly what I need. Right. You know, and it's just... It's the super edge case scenario that, you know, sure, it can come up, but it usually there's better options to do. And it's just one of these kind of like, yeah, you can do this, but it's a, it's
0: a bad move.
2: Right. So that's <laughs> why because it that's wasn't like clarity. Up.
0: Yeah. makes sense. And then they read it on the feast for crows rules change. Um, you know, if you haven't checked out the new, uh, updated, uh, scenario play, uh, it's awesome. Big, big fan of, uh, the changes and, the the dance of dragons is an amazing mode, but the feast for crows rules now units activating within short range of corpse piles, suffer negatives to morale test based on the game round. Boy, we, uh, I did my first learning game with the free folk on feast for crows and, uh, <laughs> not, not recommended. Uh, now I, now that I've gone through, I'm like, oh yeah, I have a totally different strategy, but for my first, I'm like, okay, what's this unit do? Let's try that. And I was just like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. So that one was actually done. Because uh after
2: gathering, you know, again, more data in that game mode and everything, uh obviously you do want to take armies that you know, or a list that has high morale for that one. So the issue with this one is that armies that had average or bad morale were getting punished as normal. But if you had like an army of berserkers or something, they were very hard to dislodge and actually, you know, have any issues with the game mode, even at a minus one from the corpse piles. Mm-hmm. Definitely, so this yeah. was done. This is done as kind of a. a not effort to balance that out because that implies the situation was like a situation. Right. Just again, kind of one of those quality of life changes. The thing about this is that the units that have average or bad morale, they're not affected by this as much as the units that have like a four or five plus. What this has done is like, yeah, they might take a little bit more damage as the game is going on, but it's not going to be substantially more than they would already take. What this change actually does from a, just a math like Belker perspective is it makes those units that have a almost impossible morale, like, say, a Berserker army led by Brendan, you know, Brendan Tully, Mage Mormon, all that, it actually gives them a chance to fail as the game goes on. So it right. gives you actually counter-strategy right. to those type of uh, armies to play against.
0: So, for example, my uh, what I thought would be Invincible Savage Giant with a 3-plus morale save, uh, in fact, can accrue tokens now and uh, <laughs> and uh, even though he's very tough uh he can become a very tasty target for uh, say a scorpion bolt thrower or something like that yes <laughs> like i had a i have a local uh tester
2: here that he one of his favorite armies is just great john number and he loves yeah. running the the two plus list with you know brennan tully mage mormont and all of that and yeah feast for crows was his favorite game mode because he's basically immune to it passing on essentially a, a two plus most of the time well okay minus 1 but still whatever this actually gives right. you some counterplay against that where if you wait if you wait long enough as the game goes on he is going to actually start accruing victory points like you know a normal person it's just that he's strongly favored in the early game because he's got a basically essentially a 2 plus but right. this is a counter strategy where okay if i wait this out you know i can actually play to my advantage here you know versus just there's nothing i can do and he's basically ignoring the game mode versus anyone else Right. Right.
1: Now I had one that was, I thought was really interesting. So this is not an errata necessarily, but on page two, uh, because this was a question I definitely heard, you know, there was a long debate on the discord channel about it, but they asked, can I end the charge action engage with multiple enemies? If so, what happened? Uh, and so this was a clarification that said, yes. Uh, so can you kind of talk us through like sort of, you know, th- was that something that you guys you guys were hearing a lot of?
2: A lot of times when people are asking questions, you know, Questions are always good. Questions will, you know, help clarify things, help, you know, the rules expand all that. Um, but something that you'll see people doing is that they will set up like, okay, here's a situation, here's a example diagram that I'm going to set up. It's going to require, you know, four turns of setup to actually make this happen. But what <laughs> happens in this situation? And I'm not right, saying in that cool. case, like this is the one, but like I've seen diagrams where people put up of like, okay, here's four perfectly aligned units here down to the millimeter. I'm just like, how did, you managed to set that up without your opponent doing anything. Right. which Yeah. Okay. That, that situation can happen. Like that's, that's a common one, but you'd have people submit these questions that are, you know, here's my, you know, Pythagorean theorem based, you know, diagram set up here where just to set this up, it would take six turns of the game. But what happens if this, if this happens it's like, um, well, it would resolve like this, which is super wonky, but that's also why that that's, you're talking spatial, you know, math at this point right
0: but anyway
2: right. let's get back to this because we're getting a little sidetracked <laughs> here with that um this is a situation that you know yeah it can happen and did need to be further addressed in the rules like if people are putting units directly next to each other yeah mm-hmm. uh, you know what happens when they're aligned now this is a situation where this was weird because i saw people just making up rules for this like, just straight up making up rules as to how this should work. Right. And that was really weird to me because you had people going, oh, well, this is, you'll make contact with the enemy and then you'll push them back. It's like, no, no, the rules don't say that. Oh, well, you'll make contact with the enemy and you'll be touching, but you won't be engaged. I'm like, no, the definition of engaged is very clear in the rulebook. Okay, well, in this case, the unit will get shifted over 16 degrees and take d3 wounds like okay i don't even know where you got that one from
1: <laughs> right, right
2: so this was just you know it it needed to be brought in you know this is how it works and you know it doesn't none of these answers are taken lightly you know these are all run through you know my devs these are all you know cycled through to see like okay is this going to have any ripple effects on other things and that's actually one of the biggest aspects of making faqs nerodas is that You're never really answering just one question with this. Right. You you can, because you know, you you can answer one thing, but it's just like, you know, law in the US. You were setting a precedent that other things are going to be compared to. Whether that is good or not, depending on the situation, you know, that is what is going to happen. And actually, I see that quite often where, you know, we will make a ruling and then someone will find a situation that is similar, but not the same. And then try to extrapolate a ruling. And that's something else that's also really dangerous to do is to try to extrapolate rulings from other things because although something can be similar, it's not the same. Right. That's where you run your risk.
1: That's the classic rules lawyering for sure.
0: And then there's a kind of the fun one that people were talking a lot about is people got so excited for the free folk and they were trying to figure out, like, what's the most number of units we can put on the table? And then people started to realize, you know, can we spam it to a point where we can't fit all our units into the deployment zone? So now you know you kind of have just a pretty elegant, simple solution here. Any unit that can't be deployed due to lack of space will instead be placed fully within your deployment as their activation for the round. So we we knew
2: that this one was going to come up because you know we back when we were testing the Free Folk, you know this happened does as well. Uh, right. The right. thing is that this is getting back to the production timetable and everything, where again people are under some assumption that oh this stuff was done the month beforehand. Um, <laughs> so by the time the Free Folk starter box was ready to go and everything like the rule book has already been printed and done like this, like this is months and months and months back for production and everything. Not even talking about like transport and shipping times. So this was something we knew that we were going to have to actually address in FAQ. So, and then we, you know, we've got to wait for the next major one to come out, which is why when this one came out, you know, this is the timetable for that. Mm -hmm. Um, This is something that will make its way into the actual like core rule book, but it was just a matter of timing.
0: Makes sense. And also, yeah. it kind of in a weird way, like, I don't know, it would have been a little spoiler if you had put something out about this before the Free Folk. I mean, everyone would assume, like, is this mean the Free Folk? What, what, you know, what's the, the next faction coming out? And all sort of uh, people speculating. Definitely. Uh, let's talk about some Stark FAQ then, you know, as our resident Stark player, uh, Josh.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, so, so one of these questions is something that I think Chase and I both, like, I think maybe game two that we ever played, uh was something that we ran into which is the house Tully sworn shields which was so how does the order shield wall interact with the number of defense dice i roll so chase and i had a a conversation about it the first time we ran into this we're like okay do i roll the d3 i block the hit and then i roll the defense dice after that's what we arrived at and that's actually correct uh is that you know you roll your d3 so let's say you had like six hits against you you roll your d3 you block three of them so now you're only rolling you know three defense dice for the leftover hits Uh, And so that's something I think that's important to uh, make sure that that gets covered.
0: And I think, uh, you know, so one of the things actually tying in then with this mechanic and uh, this is where we sort of see like things extrapolating over to like other things that are similar but not the same. I think actually Mm -hmm. in our Free Folk game, that was one of the things maybe we played wrong. And then we realized afterwards like, oh, yeah, taking this and kind of looking also at the shields that guard the realms of men, which is the, the Night's Watch. I think it's when a friendly unit is attacked. Same thing after the attack dice are rolled automatically block D three hits. And we realized, you know, I think we had played that wrong in our reading of the giants mighty swing because we misread the, so it's if the attack generates any hits, so you generate your hits and then you would, you know, you do your D three blocking and then it seems right. Michael correctly and go in this logic that since it generated a hit, it doesn't matter if any get blocked. That is
2: that's correct, and that's actually a good example there, Chase, because you have, again, very specific wording there. The giant says yep. if it generates any hits, it doesn't care about blocked, unblocked. It says if it generated any hits, you're instead doing this. Right, so that's yeah. like the first check, and then stop, and like check the you know the card. Right, and right. for example, that's going to be a question in the FAQ, because you see people, uh, they will go, oh, well, I blocked the hits. It's like, okay, what is... What does that matter? the The effect of the effect specifically says if it generated any hits. It didn't <laughs> say if any hits got through unblocked or if it dealt any wounds or anything. It says if it generated any hits. That's yeah. a case of the wording says this, but people right. are not paying spe- yeah. not paying right. attention to the specific wording and extrapolating
0: from other rulings. Right. And it, it's yeah, one of those. Full the disclosure: there,
1: <laughs> we we got that completely wrong. Well, you the get so excited in the moment, benefit, yeah. right? But then when you go back and
0: you read it that was the disappointing thing. We went back and read it and like, it's actually clear. It says if the attack generates yeah. any hits, like the actual wording is there. There's a certain They're amount sweet. of assumption.
1: literacy. <laughs> Your giants you know, can't hit me for the rest of the game as long as this card is here. And then, I was, like, then we read it later. We're like, oh, I was totally cheating that entire
2: time.
0: That's uh, reading <laughs> nah, it's is weird. fundamental, I guess. And that's well, why that like, was our test game. <laughs> yeah.
2: Well, you, you can flip that over as well, where people were playing rush of aggression from Tormund and saying, oh, well, this is gonna allow me to roll two extra attack dice. So therefore I can, you know do
0: oh yeah you know, that 20 24 wounds in a swing it's like
2: no same logic applies here
0: why didn't i when i think of that mistake i could have you know whoops no jeez uh, i'll get through your d3 blocks oh yeah um, we you know you clarification on brendan tully what is the duration of order hold the line until the end of turn most of these are pretty
2: clear here that order hold the line one was actually just there's a that's just a straight typo on the card, because like every other instance of hold the line says until the end of the turn, just for some reason, Brendan Tully's is that text got left off, you know, he's just sneaking so around. <laughs> just something happened in editing. So he's really, was,
1: he's really holding the line.
2: Well, that was one of those things that was brought up there where, you know, this question, it actually didn't come up that often. But right. it's one of those things, like okay, well, this one should be addressed because it's an actual like typo on the card. Oh, it's a typo. That's just, there's information left off. But yeah, right. I, this is one of those situations here where I've never in my life seen someone that's going to go, oh well, this doesn't say it only lasts till the end of the turn, therefore it's for the rest of the game. Like that's another thing about some sometimes when people are proposing FAQs, uh, frequently asked questions, is that they will they will make like a straw man. Uh, argument where it's like well i don't know anyone that does this and i wouldn't do this myself but just in case it's like um okay that's that's a really weird thing to bring up because right if no one is actually playing it like this and you guys are all in agreement that it should work like this then what 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 exactly are we doing here right
0: well i definitely know there are a few people though and maybe on the discord or even friends of the show that will literally like they are not just lawyers but they're like rules lawyers where they'll sit down and be like read the entire document i've got my legal pad and i'm like how can i try and break the game and they'll be like looking for something like that so you know actually i you
2: know again those are good people to have for like you know um the mental exercise of it and for finding actual issues but there's a difference between this exists and it's something that people are actively actually doing
0: right exactly but the, the the other exciting thing is when someone like that who really breaks down the rules and or understands the implications and then they say something in a forum and someone else who doesn't know the rules and doesn't know there's like oh i'm gonna apply this to something else and then you know, it snowballs out
2: oh yeah the snowball snowball <laughs> effect, snowball effect is real
0: well let's jump down i mean there's a few more points on the stark cards and make sure you guys check out the actual faq there's a whole bunch of stuff we're skimming over here that is just you know very clear clarifications, but let's uh, right. let's hop on down to um, the Lannisters. Then there's one that comes up a lot in, in uh, especially for newer players for the guard captain. If the guard captain is the last model in a unit of Lannister guardsmen, can I use it at any cost, killing the captain in hopes of triggering Lannister supremacy, just to like have that repeated over and over again, so people make sure they get. It, especially if you're new to the game, uh, yes. So. Yeah. Right. Well, is, read, the, read the rest of the answer. I love that this
1: was oh, a very thematic answer to the
0: FAQ. You... So um, <laughs> when the guard captain is the last model in the unit, you can trigger any cost killing himself and triggering right. Lannister supremacy. So the answer is yes. It is quite unnerving to see a foe so dedicated that they refuse to fall by the enemy hand or run away. <laughs> That's just amazing. I love That's that.
2: <laughs> we added that in because um, like, the answer is yes. But the thing is, this right. is a very technical question that gets down to specifically the technical timings of how everything in that sequence is triggering. But with the FAQs, you know, you you want to give just an answer, very concise, mm-hmm. and right. don't want to have to break down like, yes, and here's why. Because step one, step two, step three, step four, because it's right. there's intricacies here, and people aren't going to read that anyway. They just want the answer. This one here was just a little kind of tongue-in-cheek, which... Shows up every so often in the FAQ documents, you know, just, you know, I try to minimize that though, but sometimes it's just,
0: it's good for morale. I love it. And that's an older (laughs) ruling. That's not even a newer update, but I feel like, you know, that question still gets asked. And remember, there is a document that you can go to, to check for frequently asked questions and it is made available online.
2: (laughs) Strangely enough, of all the factions that are out, the Lannisters get the least amount of questions asked, which... Uh, can mean one of two things it's one that people understand fully how they play or two uh, people are grossly (laughs) and incorrectly playing them
0: and no one is just ever questioning that is that like a nightmare you have ever like you show up at some tournament and people are just playing the game like entirely wrong like it's like what what are you doing like
2: so years and years ago i uh did tournament judging for upper deck in Yu-Gi-Oh versus system and World of Warcraft. So mm-hmm. there's really nothing that this game can do to me that is any worse than uh those days. Do you hear so. that players?
0: Challenge accepted <laughs> <laughs> oh, <that's...
2: laughs> Become worse than Yu-Gi-Oh. <laughs>
0: yep. Next tournament VC Michael Chanel there. <laughs> Yeah,
2: sorry. You, you guys got to step up your game here if you want to play the big boys because four years of Yu-Gi-Oh! so
0: <laughs> you served your time. Oh. Well, so I think that the next one
1: here that's a really big one, which it came up, uh, and personally, I think my favorite N.T.U. is the Varus ruling, which was, is- if an NCU has an effect that triggers when they claim a tactic zone, how does it interact with Varus' ability, given the simultaneous actions rule? Answer, Varus may roll to cancel these effects that makes them into uh, even a better bomb than i think uh, you know people realized initially which is pretty sweet
2: well that was just a weird situation where people uh, where people were getting back into like making up how it should work and again reading how some people were trying to resolve this i i cannot follow the train of thought as to how they were arriving at some of these conclusions really? even though they were laying them out it was just the amount of mental gymnastics that you are leaping through to reach the answer that you want is crazy to me. And I don't almost want to get into that because it just exposes that road to other people. And that's a, that's a dark path you should not follow. (laughs)
0: Let's keep that genie in the bottle. Right. We've summoned enough creatures for today. We can't have any more (laughs) demons.
2: I mean, well, you you skipped over like my favorite question in the entire FAQ, which is the one directly above that.
0: Oh, I just read that. Yeah. <laughs> Roose Bolton, Lord of the Dreadfort. Uh, does this man scare you? Answer: Yes.
2: <laughs> That's probably the single most important question in the entire document. Oh, I Like that goodness. one
0: to be pinned at the top.
1: Yeah,
2: a hundred percent.
0: Speaking of Roose Bolton scaring people, uh, calculated cruelty. Roose Bolton, Lord of the Dreadfort. Uh, for this and similar cards, if something would cancel the token's effect. Does it in turn prevent the effect of the tactics card?
2: The card text on there is that as part of playing the tactics card, you have to expend a panic token from the enemy and it creates a, it, it does an additional effect. So people were again, extrapolating here that if I cancel the token, the token is causing this effect where it's like, no, the, tactics card is creating this effect the tactics card just has a requirement where you have to expend a token and that's i can see like see this one this is a fine faq question because this you can see where people are getting the designation from you can see where they're coming from and this is a good solid faq question here because you can see where people are coming from on both sides of the argument like okay well i'm expending the token and this is happening so you can see where they're coming from here and this is one that you know yes this needs a clear answer because again I can see where people are getting their logic from. And it makes sense. That's the other part of this is that, you know, when you follow it back to, you know, from C back to B back to A, you can see how they're arriving at this conclusion. Now, whether it's the correct conclusion or not, that's why we have the FAQ here, but at least you can you can understand where they're coming from versus some other times where it's just, I, I, how how did we get here?
0: Absolutely, and my inner teacher here, I have to point out, in your FAQ answer on this one, the tactics is missing a C in the answer. So it's the tactics. Oh, (laughs) those those poor. Somewhere a copy editor is getting, uh, is gonna get slayed here. I'm sorry, I'm sorry.
2: Those poor boys Uh, down in editing. This is a, well, this is no, a time, to, time to set an example.
0: No, this is my. I, I take joy in this moment because as a teacher, it happens all the time. I'll have a handout and students will be like, ah, oh, you do realize. Well, it doesn't
2: say part of resolving the tactics card. It says a tactics card. So this That's answer right. is completely, I don't understand it.
0: Now we're back to square one. Wait, spoiler. <laughs> new type of card being released a tactics card. <laughs> what faction will it be for? Is it oh, the Night man. Watch? It must be. <laughs>
1: Well, so speaking of the Night's Watch, this one is something I think that uh, Chase and I also had a uh, debate on, which I think we landed on the right answer here again, but uh, which is, are vows considered abilities for the unit? Because we were talking about, I forget which card uh, Chase was playing or or ability, but Uh,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: and and it was removing the ability of the unit and we're like, well, does the vow add an ability? But the answer is no. Uh, So the, you know, the vows are not considered an ability. They're
2: just an effect that would be added. Well, so this is one of those situations where abilities are a very specific defined thing in the game
1: mm-hmm.
2: and so yes Correct. while while vows are similar they are not that very specific defined thing in the game so exactly but again so- i can i can see why people are asking you know that question which is why we have faqs 100 percent.
1: well so take the black which i think is one that is also uh generated some hilarious interpretations on the rules which is uh you know where you would take control of the enemy attachment adding it to the unit does it replace the existing model the answer is uh it would it replace the existing model my favorite interpretation of that rule was if you stole something like Bran and Hodor, you would somehow also telepathically control uh, Summer.
0: While also, <laughs> while also getting the, their land, you suddenly become like the heir to Winterfell as well, and just, you know,
1: <laughs> <laughs> sweet, yeah, quite the I mean ball
2: Sure, outside a tournament, this is your guys' <laughs> game. You you can play it however you want,
0: <laughs> but not an official, not an official interpretation. But if, All
2: right. but if we're playing by the official rules, this this is this uh-huh. is how it works. But that that question specifically actually was one that one was one that was not asked a lot, but was put into FAQ. Because I think that this this is a situation of a question that we know how it should be played. And it was just one of those things of like, I don't think people are playing this correctly. Basically, like when they take an attachment, they're healing the unit by one instead of replacing a model. We didn't see like people asking that question specifically per se. But just the general vibe, this seems like something that should just be pointed out. And that's kind of the other uh, side of FAQ and errata is not necessarily, yeah, there's a bunch of people asking this question or being confused by it. Sometimes the uh, the question that gets put in here is just to remind people like, hey, guys, just remember the rules work like this because this seems like something that you would forget. You know, like, does Roos Bolton scare you? You should always remember the answer to that question is yes. <laughs> you know, <it's> not asking- <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. So, and,
1: Chase, uh, um, yeah. I think, did you want to talk about the, uh, the trappers? I think we had some questions yeah. about those.
0: So this is one of those things where I feel like I have an understanding of how things work, and then I see somebody make an argument online one way, and I'm like, oh, okay, well, maybe, maybe that makes sense. And then someone else make another argument that's the complete opposite. And then I'm like, geez, now, now I question everything. So for the, the free folk, if um, maybe get some clarity on Hang on, order. hang on, Chase. Yep.
2: I'm, going to, I'm going to blow your mind here. Uh-oh. Because I'm going to predict the two questions... Yeah, I'm going to say it's two questions that you have that you're going to ask me about trappers.
0: Yes. All right. What do we got? <laughs> All, right. All right. Let me get out my,
2: my Johnny Carson um, envelope here. <laughs> granted, that was before even my time, and I'm sure there's some people that are going, Johnny Carson, who's that? Google it. And, Google it. <laughs> wow. wow, that statement made me sad, too. Anyway, <laughs> the two questions that you're going to ask me is, one, um, I have 10 trapper units around an enemy, and they move, and I instantly kill them. All right. Okay, well, well. first off, that wasn't a question. But <laughs> second off, simultaneous uh, triggers rule. You can only activate one voluntary effect per trigger. Right. So sorry to crush your dreams, but that means that a unit can at most suffer D3 wounds each
0: time they move from... So did you hear that, everybody? No unit deleting armies. Every turn, an army unit just deletes.
1: Yeah, every time yeah. they move, so, it's just dead.
0: <laughs> and
2: two, the question you're going to ask is... When can I trigger that ability? Do they have to start within long range or is could they move into long range and have it happen? A hundred percent,
0: yeah. Yep.
2: <laughs> Funny that. That one is actually the answer to that one is they have to start within long range. If okay. there's no interrupting the sequence there, or whatnot. Your your
0: trigger for that is when an enemy within
2: long range moves. That is, so, and the
0: movement starts, that's like, so like you declare them that the movement is the start of the action. Yeah. Okay.
2: Yes. No, I'm not going to say that one's worded perfectly because, you know, yeah, I can see where you're coming from on that. So that's again, a fine, FAQ question there, but that's the answer to that one.
0: Yeah. I think that's just like, it's good to know. And is that something I think we could say, like, generally that's the logic of the system, right? Is like, when you activate your charge, you declare your charge. That's the time in which the charge is taking place. If you're doing your maneuver at the activation of it, that's the maneuver. I really hesitate to say this okay.
2: because it's it's one of those things that can set a, a bad kind of mentality in people. But in this situation here, the answer, if you look at it, it's going to be like, okay, well, are they starting to move within long range? Okay, that's a very specific point that I can check, that I can right. you know, see if this ability triggers. Versus the alternative, which is there's this floating 12-inch bubble around the unit right. that I'm constantly having to check for, and the second you semi-cross into that, that's when I can trigger it. See, one of those is way more complicated than the other. Right, absolutely. And, I, and this is why I hesitate saying this, nine out of ten times, your answer is going to be like, well, the clean one here, like that's that's the answer. But right. I hesitate saying that because that might not always be the case there are some things that you know the, the intricacies begin to really matter and you know the technicals are what's going to determine how it works but most of the time um if it seems like well there's an answer that's very clean and it just works that's probably the one you want to go with yeah. versus the one that requires you to do all this extra complications here that don't exist in the system but again i really hesitate throwing that out there because now you're gonna have people that are go like, well. You know, this is the way to do it because this is simpler, and th- that's not always the case.
0: And then the one that sure. just—I I was like, no, and then like, well, wait, wait, maybe. And they're like, no, I can't. Like, I, totally got thrown off. Someone was saying that, um, you know, it, it triggers. It's a simultaneous trigger, right? You can't have like twelve of them trigger off of a move. But someone was saying, well, you know, a move, a maneuver might be a move, and then a pivot, and then a move, and that—that's actually three separate trigger opportunities. And I was like, well, you know, so. Is a um you know is your what what makes a move piece is a pivot a move? It's just a pivot, right? By or... by the
2: definition of pivot, pivot can be its own thing, okay. or it can be incorporated into a move. Okay? Uh... When you're using it as a maneuver, it's being incorporated into that action. If you're pivot because there are things that can just let you pivot but not do yeah. anything else, like surge forth, you can just pivot. Right. That's right. that's a pivot on its own. That's its own move. When you're pivoting is combined with anything else, the
0: keyword there is combined. Yes. Uh, so that's the thing where I feel like people are using different parts of the rule book to justify different things that maybe aren't related. Interesting. Cause like, that, that's yeah. a situation that happens where people are can cherry pick sections, but then they yeah. ignore
2: other – that's actually when we get back to that whole resolving versus making melee attack part. That's mm-hmm. people cherry picking specific sections of the rules and combining them together while ignoring other sections of those same rules.
0: This is where right. I feel like the internet can be such a a, a dangerous tool where it's like, you know, someone prevents, uh, presents like an argument but leaves out certain information or just convincingly arranges it. But it's all incorrect, you know, and it's just like, oh, you're like, it was an inside job because of this YouTube video. And you're like, oh, but then you realize like in the wealth of other evidence, you're like, oh. Jet fuel oh. can't melt steel. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <he> went there. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so right, that's a good clarification. I'm actually, I'm, a, I'm kind of. I'm a little bit uh, – there's a, a a tournament actually like an hour and a half away from me on Friday. And I was like, oh, you know what? Maybe I'll just like slip over to – and I was thinking about just bringing Free Folk for fun uh, with tempered expectations because it's just the starter set. And I wanted to make sure I had a kind of a, a good sense of, of uh, some of these like weird arguments that people might be making or interpretations just so I could be like definitively this. I could be like, actually, I talked to Michael <laughs> Chenal. and he said this. Right. Uh, okay. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> I'm going
2: to stop you right there. You're triggering me, man. You're triggering me, okay? Because that is the single phrase from all of my years of Uh doing games that I hate. If you want to get on my bad side really quickly, then (laughs) say that you're quoting me in something and don't be able to back up your sources. Okay. (laughs) I'll I'll bring the podcast. I'll be like, listen to this. Well, here's the thing. Anything that I say to you, it doesn't matter even if it's in person or whatnot. It doesn't really matter what I say. At the time in the tournament, I I might... It, uh. it's not the rules it's not the faq and i've said this time and time again and i've said this throughout every single game i've ever worked on judged or played it doesn't matter what i tell you doesn't matter what anyone says it matters what the rules say and what the faq and the errata says gotcha people, people can make mistakes while they're talking right but the rules are the rules for a reason well, that makes sense one of my my biggest pet peeves is people going Oh, well, I saw this ruling online, or I saw it somewhere. It's like, no. If you're if you're going to have this conversation, you need to cite your sources. And I'm sure as a teacher, that's yep. you know that's oh, a thing yeah. for you. You know, you can <laughs> say whatever you want, and you can say that. Oh, you know, well, I read this on the forums. It's like, okay, show me, because that's right. important. Also, it's a forums. Sorry, the Facebook, because the forums actually like those those are official answers. Like, oh, I saw this on the Facebook. Like, okay, that doesn't mean anything.
0: Right, right, right. That's fair. So, uh, you know, going into this, this, uh, you know, possibly taking the tournament, there's been a lot of pushback on on some people about the free folk in general. I think just people trying to learn how to play and people having maybe like missed, you know, misaligned expectations. They're like, well, I took an all giants army, like, why am I not winning? Or I took all trappers, like, I don't know if the meta's really developed, like, what a good, solid, all commerce free folk army is yet. Like, I think people are still trying to puzzle that out. So we are um, talking about the faction that was released uh, five days ago. Exactly. Yeah, that's exactly. right.
1: <laughs>
2: okay.
0: So that's what I was wondering. I was like, I'm, I'm like, I was like, oh man, I kind of want to like, I want to get experience playing them because I feel like it, for me personally, like, I I don't do well with theory crafting. Like, I kind of actually have to go through getting experience like on the table playing it because you know getting a sense of like, well, you know, I can gang up on stuff. Can a few units gang up? Like, you know, number wise will it do well? But like, can I actually make it happen on the, on the actual setting? Right. But you know, what do you think? Is that a, you know, am I setting myself up here for more uh, trouble here, going into a tournament here, starter set comes out, you know, the starter set really is meant to play against other starter sets until it has a few more releases. I will, I
2: I will answer your question with two statements. Let's put like one, Uh, starter boxes are representative of the core ideas of the army. Mm-hmm. so you're getting ideally in the starter box units that are going to be useful across most spectrums of builds that you are doing so for example with the free folk uh now giants you know okay you take a leave giants based on personal preference mm-hmm. um but like raiders and trappers are i'm not gonna say like quintessential or even essential to run in your army but I would be hard pressed to see any Free Folk army that is not going to run some degree of raiders.
0: Mm-hmm. So yeah.
2: they're your useful unit to have in your starter box when you go to the Night's Watch. Um, sworn brothers right. are most likely going to appear in most armies because that is their kind of quintessential baseline troop. Same thing back with the Starks, and Lannisters, Lannister guardsmen, sworn swords, berserkers, outriders. You know, all these are these are like the I'm not going to say core units of the army, but they're going to give you the best representation of, and the best base. Actually, that's the important thing, the best base to build off of with other builds and armies and things like that. So with the free folk specifically, <laughs> you have in there a bunch of three point units and four point units, and then some scary giants. Right there. Yep. And, and also I, I love that whole thing where people are like, well, this is all the free folk are going to get. It's like, right. What? <laughs> That's that's weird. That was a weird production call that somehow bypassed me because I'm pretty sure we made a lot of stuff for that army, like (laughs) all the other armies. But okay, apparently not. Um, but this so that's one thing there is like this is a starter box. This is basically the foundation to build off of, and you do have limited tools right now because you know okay the faction is new. Also, as we just said, been out for five days at this point. But that's one point I want to make, and then let's kind of jump back in our way back machine back when the game first came out and everything and just everyone was just going oh my god Lannisters are completely yep. <laughs> overpowered uh Starks have no chance of winning they're the worst match <laughs> i've ever seen in my life i if definitely want... didn't
1: do that <laughs>
0: uh,
2: so if you want to look at tournament statistics right. and this is something that i don't really like throwing out there but i I will because, you know, we do track tournament results and feedback and things like that. Um, I don't want to give any numbers because that's just that's a super dangerous thing to do. But uh, of the tournaments that have been reported in over the not fully full year, because, you know, that the game has not really been out in the tournament format at that time. But uh, the faction that has won has the highest win percentage per event is Starks. Hmm. Uh, followed by Lannisters because okay for a long time it was only two factions right 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 um but so I- ignoring basically any feedback uh in recent times because again the meta shifted up with the release of two more factions and everything but Starks um it wasn't drastically higher uh than Lannisters uh to the point where it's like oh crap this is a problem but. They were sitting at one point, I think their highest percentage was sitting around like 66% of the tournaments with Starks and Lannisters. The Starks mm-hmm. won. Now, that number was right. rounded out since then. I'm um, just pulling like a, a yeah. snapshot from one point in time. But meanwhile, if you go on like certain groups or whatnot, you will view it and go like, man, Lannisters have a 112% win rate. Right. Hmm. <laughs> right, right weird
1: well it's funny because when we were when the game first came out and and you know people were starting to get the game out there uh it was hilarious because you would get like one thread would be you know the lannisters are unstoppable lannister supremacy is so annoying and then like the very next thread down would be like oh my god how do you beat a stark army i can't win to save my life and so we're like all right well if if everybody says the other side is overpowered, then I think it's probably pretty balanced,
2: right? Oh, I've got a snapshot that is still my, my golden moment where it's from one of the Facebook groups where it was two threads just touching. Where it was one going, Lannisters are impossible to beat, immediately yeah. followed by a thread going, Starks have <laughs> crushed me every time. Right. Why are Lannisters underpowered? <laughs> right, right. And just like, that's my,
0: I want to frame that and just, this is my yin-yang, you know, yep. snapshot <laughs> right here. I feel the interesting thing was I feel like when the knights washed release, I felt like most people were like, "Oh yeah, like we get how this army plays. Like it's it's um." And I think Don Shalke was saying it, it maybe doesn't have a as much of a an, a chance to like swing or or punch like sig- you know in one turn a serious amount of damage, but it can kind of grind things out. And the, the, I guess the style of play is very clear. I feel like the free folk is the first starter set that's been released since the original where the, the faction identity is so different. I think mean, like Lannister supremacy was like a really different concept for a lot of compared to a lot of other games. And like the free folk are also like that where it's like, wow, like this is totally different than the Knights Watch, the Starks and the and the the Lannisters. Like it's its own thing. Well if you go
2: back to looking at like the original factions and everything, Starks have a semi straightforward way of playing. It's like, okay, these guys move right. fast, they charge, right. they deal damage. Those are very easy concepts for people to grasp. Right. Lannisters are a very control army and if you play as they want uh, as if you play into the Lannister players plans you're going to get punished for it right you have to they're actively trying to deny you but at the same time. A lot of control the that the Lancers have are given to them by the opponent. Like Lancer mm-hmm. Guardsmen. Yeah, Lannister Supremacy is a super big, scary ability that also they have no control over ever triggering because you're right. the one that had to attack them to make that happen. Right. And people yeah. are focusing like, oh, well, I've got to kill these Guardsmen. Why? Well, because <laughs> I've got to kill them. So, uh, why? Well, because. Right. <laughs> and it's like getting back to the Night's Watch when they came out. They're a very tanky very hard to take down faction so if you just engage them and it's like man i'm gonna engage this brick wall here and just keep slamming against it this isn't working let me try harder like, yeah. sorry this this isn't this isn't rudy man <laughs> just throwing out the references here um, you know keeping doing you know, just because you really believe in yourself that that doesn't actually work in the real world or this game <laughs> You know, you've you've that's got to a,
0: adapt. That's it. a motivational speech. Right there. <laughs> yeah, that's you should use a, that
1: as a teaching moment for the kid. That, that that's a teacher. What are we talking about? That's a,
0: uh,
2: <laughs> this is why I was not invited back to a lot of schools to chat with them. <laughs> uh,
0: that, that, that,
2: It's the same thing with, like, the free folk, though. People are I, I already see this happening, where people are just rushing them forward and just engaging and then immediately getting killed. Yeah. And going, yeah. my three-point unit just got wiped out. Uh, okay. It's like, oh, well, I've tried nothing new, and I'm all out of ideas. Okay. Right.
0: Ben, ben they yeah. done that. That first game of Free Folk we played, I'm like, I got my Raiders into your Veterans of the Watch. One unit versus one unit. Let's see but- what happens. <laughs> I'm like, oh, who would have predicted? That did not go well at all.
1: Yeah, I think I started to see like when we were playing, like the, you know, because it, it was it was a lot like that. Like we had like armies that were roughly the same number of total units because you took two units of giants. That first one, so yeah. It felt like okay, I can I can mow down like a lot of the other infantry, and the giants were kind of the problem. But then uh, I started to get a sense of how how the army would work when you started triggering that raid leader ability and like firing off like you know three units in a row and starting to like really swamp my units down i was like yeah. i bet if you had a like a few more activations on the table right. then i was like i'm starting to get how this is going to work it's not you don't want to just take like five units kitted out with all attachments and make these uh you know the the raiders very expensive you kind of want to keep them cheap and have a, just a lot of them
0: well that's the thing i'm stuck on is like trying to figure out still that balance because i feel like the raid leader mechanic is so cool and then the gang up um but then also, just having more units means that after you're done activating, it's almost as if every one of my units has Raid Leaders because now it's just me going. Uh, yeah. So I'm trying to find like that sweet spot. And while that is true, Chase,
2: sometimes you can't afford to wait that long.
0: Exactly. And that's like the, you know, yeah. What I feels like whatever I'm playing, whatever the board set is, I kind of wish it was the other. I'm like, oh, man. Like, I kind of wish I had all my Raid Leaders right now. I was like, oh, man, I, I kind of wish I had, uh, you know, more of the this activation spam. So it's like trying to find that right balance. And I think that's kind of the the fun part right now. This is kind of like you get all these new shiny toys and you're like, okay, now how does this actually work? Um, and you can see some people getting a little bit more frustrated trying to do that because they they want they have a specific idea of what it should be.
2: Well, it's all, it's also a balance thing because, you know, yes, you have a bunch of cheap units, but people can to swing on options of the spectrum. They're either like, man, my cheap units that don't cost me anything are not doing a lot. Or... They're treating them as fully expendable. And what's happening is they will lose those units early in the game. And then your advantage is gone. Right. Right. So yeah. it's, it's it, there's no clear answer. I can't sit there and go like, Oh, well, you know, if you do this versus night's watch, you'll win every single game. Like that's right. not how
0: the world works. Well, curse you for making the NCUs in the starter set all be so great. <laughs> and it's like, I, I like all three of these. And I guess I could run all three, but then you start like filling up your block and you're like, Oh geez. maybe I got to cut one. Like which one, like, I really feel like the are getting that, at least in the beginning, as I'm trying to learn the faction, like being able to draw the extra tactics card, regardless of what zones are open, being able to cycle more cards into my hand to get the, the tactics cards I want. It's just so useful. And I guess that really applies to anything. If you have more tactics cards, it's always great. But so one thing I will say actually about the free folk,
2: and this is a mentality shift, and this just goes to show exactly like, you know, how you've got to change up your mindset mm-hmm. is that the free folk by and by don't really care about the tactics board a lot because they don't have a lot of units that are like, they don't have an eight point unit. That's going to super benefit from this. Right. Um, right, But they really, really do benefit from just having a bunch of combat units. So if there was any faction out there that I would go, you know, have you thought about just running maybe one NCU at 40 points? Cause saving up that six points is two units of Raiders. I know. What, the like, thing is, <laughs> oh, I know, I know, Chase, you're going to sit there and say, "But They're I'm giving so up good. tactics, I'm giving up tactics control." Right. But okay, so what what are you gaining right. from the tactics board for each of your
0: little, you know,
2: and it three might be units?
0: a crutch right now, but I feel like Lady Val, like getting them an extra maneuver when I need it, like especially if someone else takes the maneuver. Oh sure, I, by all means, I, like I'm not saying like don't run any right. NCU's. I'm but, then it, take, but then it's like I guess you like, but then also Mance in the games we were playing, like Mance was so good as an NCU, and I was like, ah. Oh you know I curse you for making me have to make actual meaningful choices now right yeah, why can't i just man, have I just, infinite free points Seriously, just give me the good one and i just take that always but now when it's like oh crap i have to i think it's just a, a good sign of a, a great design space here but man because like okay
2: so like free folk have access to you know your cheap three-point ncus yeah but the same notion there yeah those three and those two ncus whole, are, yeah. are equaling six points which is the same as two extra raid right
0: uh, which would of, be like you know you should, i like i want an extra attack or how about like a whole unit like i was
1: gonna say the the ncus i mean the big one of their big benefits is that you're allowing your like a really elite stuff your heavy hitters to activate more than once or get a second attack in. i mean that that becomes less you know important when the unit itself is like you said like a little
0: cheap three-point unit
2: so yeah congrats my my raiders have got an extra attack on you
0: well, wow. yeah. But Vers- versus right, having an extra right. Raider unit. That's, that's like giving, you know, that's flanking. And yeah, I guess I felt right. like uh, the game where I didn't get the Henless Horde card out. versus the one I did, bringing back on some Spear wives who could charge in and smash stuff up was like, that felt so good. So now I'm like kind of paranoid. Like, I got to make sure I get to the cards I want. I got to make sure I get to the cards I want.
2: <laughs> I mean, I do have to say like, by and by, the Free Folk cards. This is kind of one of those, uh, another one of those things is that most of their effects are just straight up Better versions of existing effects, just with mm-hmm. the requirement that you have to be ganging up on them. Like, yep. for example, yep. you have um, oh, I forget the name of the card, but it gives them uh, sundering and critical blow. Whereas, you know, anytime they make an attack, as long as they the enemy is engaged, you know, has two units engaging them,
0: group assault,
2: yeah, group assault. There you go. Versus, you know, uh, dire or um, devast. Is it devastating? The start- attack? No, the start card that gives you sundering. Um, uh, but anyway. Specifically, that gives you Sundering on the charge. Okay, so this is actually just a straight-up better version of that card. Well, I'm not going to say better, because that's, that's implying other things. A Northern Ferocity. Northern Ferocity, there you go. That gives you Sundering on the charge. Group Assault gives you Critical Blow and Sundering if you are ganged up. So, again, it's yeah. different. The trigger is technically a little harder, but the effect is, A, anytime you're attacking, in 2, which again, you have Raid Leaders, um, and you're getting 2 effects
0: for the cost of
2: 1 Tactics card
0: right yeah man these are so fun god then <laughs> the thing is like i'm just looking at I'm like as we were talking I, I got like distracted i'm like thinking about like more combos like you can endless horror you can bring back a, an infantry unit but it's just an infantry unit like all the new units that are coming out then assuming that they're mostly infantry and not monsters or things like that you can bring those back i, I can't wait to find out what cannibals do or whatever and be like yep like they're back
2: uh you know what i'm feeling a little charitable plus you guys made a really really bad deal summoning me at the beginning here oh no so i feel like i really need to balance things out for you a bit so you know what i'm gonna give you a little bit of an exclusive here oh and no if you want oh, you can ask me each of you one one question about the cave dweller savages
0: that are coming out at oh, um man. soon <laughs> oh my gosh okay well geez how do we co- this is like okay wait Josh, we have to think about this first, okay? So it's like asking a, yeah, a, Genie a question. Do we wish for more wishes? What do we wish for? Right. We can't waste it. Whatever, like you know, the question can't be like uh, you know, can you show me the unit card right now? I have to say no. Right. Or yes, We got to be. Oh, let's see. How do we? This is what I feel like we need to be able to like phone a friend or I need a Don Shelke. He's a lawyer, right? We got to get him to right. like, write up a contract for us here. All right. Well, uh, how do we? What do we think about this? Is it a? Uh, and obviously, you know, there might be stuff you can't answer, but. Um, oh. I have a, I have a question about them
1: that you may oh. or may not be able to answer. So do we uh, can we can we know the points cost? 5 points. 5 oh.
2: points. Uh, so the Which is- they're
1: sort of like an
0: elite <laughs> Yeah, and the free folk, folk were like that's elite, man. That's a Yeah, that's <laughs> interesting. Hmm. 5 points. Um, man, we're going to get so much hate if we ask my question as a crappy question because I'm like <laughs> what's uh- No pressure. Oh man. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, like a lot of pressure because you know, well, this can make or
2: break your viewership.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I also don't <laughs> want to ask something. Or I won't be able to get an answer. I mean, obviously, if we ask something about abilities, I don't know if those could be spoiled. So, what would be another thing that would be interesting to see? What do you think, Josh? It would be like the number. Is there, is there any chance we could find out about like uh, the attack stat line? Like, I'm wondering if they're going to have more attacks than Spearwives at 773 because that's that right now is like the major damage pusher for. For when I've been playing. Um hmm. What do you think, Josh?
1: You, you gotta I, listen, I came up with the points question. Yeah, that was an easy one though. You're on your own, Chase. Oh crap.
0: Yeah, is there any chance we could know the attacks that line? I feel like this would be a great way to tease out small information for the community too, without spoiling too much. Uh so you know, I
2: almost feel kind of bad for you there, Chase, because I could answer that at face value. Uh-oh. And uh it, it would be very disappointed by the numbers i give you because i would be giving you to them in a bubble outside of any other context right because you asked me their, you asked me their attack profile which i can tell you you know it is a sequence of lowering dice right are not super high and is not the most impressive stat line as far as just raw numbers
0: Hmm.
2: that could be the answer that that i dropped to you
0: Ooh. but that's
2: ignoring anything else about the card and you know what they actually do because hell i could just go yeah knights of casterly rock oh yeah they've got a 6-3 attack profile right it's like wow that's awful well, i'm assuming it? you
0: can't spoil their ability oh i can what? give anything if they're. oh my questions. god in that yes. case holy shit what's the ability then but oh <laughs> are they cannibals like, there's got to be there's got to be some sort of like how about that do they is there a cannibal right weren't the cave am i thinking of the wrong group chase chase you already asked your question. Oh, there we go. You don't get to ask more. I, I hope everybody is excited for the uh, the cave dwellers then. But I will say <laughs> that
2: for them specifically, they have a lot of things they can do. Oh, sweet. Like a number of different effects that they can actually cause to happen to an enemy. And I will say this as well, that... Uh, usually it would be okay here's a bunch of nasty things that can happen to you i'm gonna make one of these nasty things happen to you oh Hmm. but look at this you know my guys are all like frenzied up now and you know they're all ready to kill you because you're in a weaker state than them
0: oh i just got i just got some extra benefits there we go sweet Hmm. i'm i'm excited I remember I was looking up some stuff about them earlier, like in the lore, and uh, they sound like they'd be kind of fun to paint too. Um, it was a thing on one of the wikis talking about how they would often like paint their skins or faces like blue or green or purple, or could have other, have some other color schemes to work into the, the army. Then. man, when we tease the, uh, the image and everyone just started posting up all those juggalo pictures. Just...
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: so by the way, uh, if anyone ever uh, paints up a full juggalo, um cave dweller army you will personally be kicked out of every single event that i am at oh. period it's <laughs> it's not a matter of spite it's a matter of
0: principle oh. <laughs> well sweet so well, i'm sure th- we're gonna get those
2: spammed in you know, the first you know the first yes. major event it's yes. just gonna be here's my full juggalicious army nothing
0: but juggalos <laughs> yes make it happen people awesome well thank you so much for coming on the podcast and uh, I don't think we have a de-summoning ritual. I think it's, uh, we'll just have to wait till the next time one of us comes up with a question.
1: Climb out the window. Or and uh,
0: <laughs> if you think you had better questions to ask about the Cave Dwellers, make sure to send them in yeah. table gaming at gmail.com. You can direct them to Josh, and, uh, and he can filter those, I think. will be...
1: Yeah, send all your hate mail there, because we, yeah, we, we dropped the ball on that
2: one. <laughs> <laughs> He's just uh, titled those emails,
0: Hindsight 2020. Yes. Yeah. Uh, better amazing. questions we could have asked. I know, they'd be like, why did not you just ask the abilities? I think it's it's good. Uh, okay. I want I want that tease. I want to. Now we're gonna have lots of speculation, though. That's gonna be great. Yeah,
2: appreciate. Um, yeah.
0: And uh, I guess you know I'm excited to get get some more free folk games in the FAQs out, and uh, for everybody out there, we hope you get your miniatures on the table.